say this with me, if you will. I am a world overcomer because I'm born of God. And this is the victory that overcomes the world every moment of every day of my life. It is my faith, which you've given me, Lord Jesus. I walk by your faith. I walk in your love, and I'm led by your spirit. So my reality is, I can do all things through you. Because you strengthen me. You are my rock. You are my fortress. You are my high tower. You are my inaccessible place of refuge. And I trust you. So tonight I declare, I am completely free. I cast the whole of my care over on you. Because I know you love me. I know you're with me. That you'll never leave me. That you'll never forsake me. I thank you tonight. And I receive of the anointing. It lifts burdens off of me. It destroys yokes of bondage in my life. So therefore, there is no bondage in my life anymore. I'm free. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, praise God. Open your Bibles to Numbers chapter 14, verse 28. Tonight I want to continue talking about the power of your confession. We spoke two weeks ago. I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that message. You know, the Holy Spirit really wants, He wants to cause your words to become weightier. Because, you know, there, there's, some, there's some principles. We are snared by the words of our mouth, so we don't ever want to snare ourselves. You know, life and death is in the power of our tongue, so we want to only speak life and increase. And the Holy Spirit will help us. And there are some principles that we have to know in the Word of God to really, so that we put a watch over our own lips. Because I'm telling you, why have any death in our life when we've been redeemed from it? Amen? So, you know, God is, He is everything He's ever said He was, right? His word is absolutely true, and so we can, we can rely on it. But you know, as we walk by faith, as we live by faith, we have to keep his word in abundance in our heart so his word never departs from our mouth. You know, it's very important that the word of God never depart from your mouth. What that means is you're always talking about God's word. You're always saying what he says about every situation that you face in your life. If you have sickness or disease that's attacking your body, you don't ever want to talk sickness and disease. You want to talk what God says about it. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. Right? Guilt, shame, and condemnation, you want to say about that what God says. That there is therefore in my life, now that I'm born again, no condemnation because I am in Christ. All of my sin was condemned 2,000 years ago, once and for all, in Jesus' body on that cross. So I refuse. There is no shame. There is no guilt. 
there is no condemnation. My Father doesn't see me in sin because I'm not. we got to believe this. You know, you listen to yourself more than you listen to anybody else. So we want to make sure we're talking right. Have you found Numbers chapter 14 yet? Verse 28, let me find it. There's a principle here. It says, say unto them. Now, this is coming as a result. you got to understand, for 600 years, God has been telling the children of Israel, basically, I have given you this land of Canaan. Now, there's, there's giants in the land. There's walled cities. There's people greater than you. But don't worry about that. I've already given it to you. I promised it to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I, I've been talking to you guys how it's your land for 600 years. And after, at, at, here we are. They come to the Jordan River. They send 12 spies over to spy out the land. And 10 of them come back with a, what the Bible calls an evil report. What is an evil report? It is saying that we cannot have what God says he's given us. God doesn't ever want you speaking an evil report. Never saying you can't have what God says he's already given you. So they came back with these 10, 10 reasons why we can't go in. All 10 reasons God told them, oh yeah, that's already there, but don't worry about it. The battle's mine, the victory's yours. I've already given this land to you, right? So now at the end of it, here they are. We find out that everybody in this story, they got what they said. Now this story is showcased in the New Testament in the book of Hebrews. It, it talks about it all throughout the New Testament, this, that these Old Testament stories are our example. They're our pattern. We are to learn from them. So, obviously, we don't have a promised land of Canaan. Now, New Testament believers, my promised land is spiritual truth. All these promises that are already mine as a child of God. Right? It's, it's, it's a spiritual thing. But I need it in this realm. I need it in the natural realm. So in order to go in and possess the land, I have to look at this pattern because there is something that, that glaringly stands out, and it's this. Everybody in this Old Testament story got what they said. Every one of them. Joshua and Caleb are the only two that said, let us go in at once, we are well able. All the rest, now it could be anywhere from two to seven million Jews, died in the wilderness from like teenagers and up. A whole generation did not go in because of what they said. We find out they didn't mix faith with what God told them, they mixed what they saw and it caused them to depart from God, to have an evil heart of unbelief. So we got to be very careful. So here at the end of this, God tells Moses, say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. 
Now, this is in the Hebrew language, so will I do to you, is in the, it's not in the causative sense. It was translated, this verb was translated in the causative sense. It, this is in the permissive sense in the Hebrew. It should read like this, so will I allow to you. Whatever you say in my ears is what I'm going to allow in your life. Wow. In other words, you will have what you say, which is Mark eleven twenty three. This is, and it, but it says here, as truly as I live, this is an oracle of God. What is an oracle of God? This is an unchanging, eternal principle. God says, as I am eternal, so is this principle eternal. As you speak in my ears, it's what I'm going to allow in your life. That's, that's heavy duty, right? Because what are we hearing a lot? I can't speak for all over the world, but what we hear a lot in the American church is what we would call a no-fault gospel. Listen, it's not my fault. If God wanted me healed, I'd be healed. If God wanted me blessed, I'd be blessed. God, you know, you just never really know what he's doing. You know, you just never know because sometimes he says yes and sometimes he says no. The problem with all that stuff is it's not in the Bible. God never said that. Satan loves it because if he can get you to say nonsense, it opens a door for him God must allow what you allow. So I say, let's not allow it anymore. Amen. Right? Do you know where it says, by whose stripes you were healed? Do you know that means? If you have sickness, disease, any injury, anything in your body, that means that healing has already been secured for you. You don't have to get all woo-woo about it. Well, I wonder about this. I wonder. You know why we wonder about all these little peripheral things? It's because we're looking at natural things. We have to keep our eyes focused on the report of the Lord. We have to be speaking out of our mouth the report of the Lord so that we walk in it, right? As truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you've spoken in my ears, so will I do to you or so will I allow to you. And we see this story the culmination of it, everybody got what they said. Everybody did. So let's look at the New Testament principle because it goes all the way through Mark chapter 11, verse 23. We're talking about the power of your confession. See, God has already, he's already decided things. He's already set it all up. But it's not enough. You, the only way we could receive it is we got to receive it through faith. And faith, you'll never get away from this. You're going to see this all the time. Faith means the word has to be in two places. It has to be in abundance in my heart. And it has to be coming out of my mouth. It has to be in those two places. So that means as I walk by faith, as I live by faith... I'm always, I'm meditating in the word day and night so that it's in abundance in my heart and so that out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth is speaking. 
And what's going to happen, you know, Pastor Mark talked about it in the parable of the sower. The enemy is going to try to lift your head and move you away from the word. Hey, look over here. Look, look, get your eyes off, off the word. The minute you do, what happens is he's able to take the word. How does he do that? Well, you actually give it to him because you doubt it. See, we can't, we can't believe the word of God without a connection to him. Well, you could say, well, no, that, no, 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 because I believe it. No, no, if you're not looking at him, you're only mentally assenting to the word. But the only way to be in faith is you got to be looking at him. If you're looking at circumstances and closely observing them, it's impossible for you to be in faith. So the battlefield will always be your mind. Time will always test faith. But I'm telling you, faith, faith is a powerful force. And God gave you a measure of his faith. And then now the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you as you walk out your path, as you walk out God's plan for your life, that faith will get stronger and stronger and stronger as you continually face everything with your eyes fixed on Jesus and you see him move in your life. So Mark chapter 11, now this is probably the most concise just explanation of the operation of faith. Here's Jesus, you know the story, 24 hours earlier, he went up to a fig tree to get breakfast. The figs in that, in that area of the, of the world in Israel, what happens is the fig forms and then a leaf forms over it. So if you see a fig tree with leaves on it, it should have figs. This one didn't. So Jesus, just like in his whole life, he never allowed any lack in his life. Never. I think it's hilarious. You know, Mary, his mom, there, there's lack at the wedding, wedding of Cana in Galilee. They're lacking wine. They ran out of wine. So here's Mary, her son, 30 years old. She's been watching him for 30 years. Never allowing lack in his life. I'll guarantee you. You could tell by what she said. They, come, they came to her and said, Mary, you know, we, we ha, we, we're out of wine. What do we do? And she's like, um, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Right? Boy, that's the greatest message on faith. Whatever, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Part of doing it is going to be a big part of doing it is saying it. Okay? Because you're going to, you only say what you see. This is so important. So let's look at this. So now Jesus curses this fig tree. 24 hours later, they're walking back by it. And all of a sudden, Peter, he's like, hey, Lord, the fig tree that you cursed is withered from the root. So it would have looked like lightning hit it. It was dried up from the root. Which meant when Jesus cursed it, it didn't just, it didn't just right away just look, look like it had been hit by lightning or whatever, or look like it was dried up from the root. It was almost 24 hours. So if you were waiting to see something, you'd be the last to know. Just like when you speak the word of God, 
to your body or your situation. The Word of God is active and it's effective. It's full of life and power is what Hebrew says. That means it's active and it's effective. It goes right to the root of whatever it is. So all sickness and disease has a satanic root. All of it. There's an unseen root to all sickness or disease. Let them find the cure for cancer and there will be something else. Because there's an unseen root. So when you speak to that in the name of Jesus, it goes right, the word of God goes right, the power of God goes right to the root and it kills it. That's why don't look at your body to tell you if you're healed. If you want to know you're healed, look at what the God who cannot lie says. And if he said Jesus himself bore your sickness and carried your pain, then that's settled. The question now is going to be, are you going to believe that or are you going to believe what you see? Right? So Jesus curses this fig tree. They're like, Lord, look at this. The tree that you cursed is withered away. And now Jesus is going to talk about how this happened. He's going to explain faith. He said, and Jesus answered, answering saith unto them. So Peter says something, but he answers all of them. And look at what he says, have faith in God. Now in the Greek language, you can't really, I mean, this could be translated, have faith in God, have the God kind of faith, have the faith that God has. You could translate it any way. So have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. And now he's going to explain it. And he says this in verse 20, 23, for verily I say unto you. That means most assuredly, in other words, there's no gray area. I'm saying something to you that can't be changed, can't be altered. This is verily, right? Strong in the Greek. It says here, whosoever shall say. So the faith of God, first of all, is for whosoever. Isn't that awesome? That would have been the perfect time for Jesus to go, well, you know, guys, I am the Messiah. And so I did this to show you I'm the Messiah. But no, 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 Jesus did that as a man anointed by God. And so now he's teaching on faith. Faith is for whosoever. Whosoever will hear the word of God will walk in faith and have faith, right? So it says here, for whosoever shall say unto this mountain... Notice right away, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Doesn't that sound like a lot like Numbers 14, 28? He shall have whatsoever he says. Notice it, it talks about believing one time, but it talks about saying three times. This is why we're teaching on this. Your words are so important. You're going to have three times the attack on what you say than what you believe. Do you know how many Christians believe that God's their healer, but never lay hold of it? Because they never feed their belief enough to where they will actually act on it. 
Because faith without corresponding action is dead. You got a lot of people running around going, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I'm a Christian. I believe, yeah, I believe Jesus. But they're not born again. Why? Because there's no action. Faith without corresponding action is dead. I mean, I've been in this thing a long time. You know, I could, I could believe I'm healed right up until you come to my funeral. But if I don't say, if I don't stand up and speak it and release my faith and act on that, nothing's happening because faith has to be in two places. So notice that. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. Now here's the disclaimer, and shall not doubt in his heart. So see, you have to believe in your heart that what you're saying is going to come to pass. This is why get lying out of your vocabulary. And you know, you, know what a, you know what a little tiny white lie is? It's a lie. You know what an exaggeration is? A lie. Pastor, how many people do you have in your church? Well, you know, evangelistically speaking, we have about 1,800 people. Right? Really? Do you know a lot of people, they, they put in their portfolio as a pastor, I think we've probably had 1,800 people, different people, come visit us while we've been in this building. And what happens is, a lot of people say, yeah, I pastor a church of 1,800 people. And why, why do we do that? Well, then I'll get invited to all these pastor's conferences. Make a nice little income. Right? But what is that? It's a lie. All roads lead to death. And here's a big road. All of a sudden, you know, you go to somebody's house. Sometimes it gets uncomfortable. You go to somebody's house and they fix you food. And, you, and, and they fix you something that's probably fixed very nice. Like if you have me over to your house and you feed me a Brussels sprout, <laughs> I'm probably going to tell you, I am sure that you cook this wonderfully, but I can't tell you I love it because I'd have to lie, right? Why won't I lie? Because it will affect, it could make me leave the planet early. Because all of a sudden, I'm saying a bunch of nonsense all the time. I'm saying what everybody wants to hear, and I'm, I'm just doing this, and then all of a sudden I get in a faith fight, and I don't believe, I, I don't believe what I'm saying. And if I, if I don't believe what I, in my heart, what I'm speaking out of my mouth, faith's not working. I know, boy, I didn't even plan on getting off on that. Don't be afraid. Now, you, now, we're not rude. Here's the cool thing. The Holy Spirit is always so gracious, and, and you'll always, there's always a way out of everything. He'll tell you what to say in every situation because he knows how important words are. Knows how important words are. Right? So this is a huge one. 
and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. This is huge, right? So now let's go one more step. Let's go over to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, talking about the power of your confession. We're going to look at verse 23. Hebrews 10, 23. So think about that. The God of heaven says you can have what you say. Wow. And matter of fact, he says you will have what you say. I'm telling you, for years, I didn't even know I was saying these things. I'm walking around thinking and speaking that I'm worthless, that it was better if I had never been born. Boy, that produced a bunch of death in my life. I'm so, I just, one of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs 11. I think it's verse 31. The righteous will be repaid in the earth. Everything the enemy stole from me in that has to come back while I'm on this earth. And I got news for you. I'm expecting a big harvest because I don't know how many more years we're going to be here. I have a feeling we might not, you know, live out all these years and decades and all this stuff. We might be at the very end of the church age. So get ready. Get ready for a big harvest. Amen. And everybody said, yes, pastor, I know that's true. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. You guys doing okay? Man, I'm having fun. I hope you are. Look at what it says, verse 23. It says, now because of these principles, because whatever you speak in God's ears is what he's going to allow in your life, because whatever you'll have whatever you say, that's, that's huge. Because you start thinking, if you have a loved one that doesn't know the Lord, man, that's pretty good, right? What are you saying, Pastor? You mean I could have what I say? No, 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 I didn't say that. God did. Right? So what does is, what is your life look like that doesn't line up with the Word of God? Expect it to change. And your mouth is going to lead you right into it. You can change your whole world by changing what you say. It's huge. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 it says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. So we get another picture into this. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. This word profession could be translated confession, but it literally is the Greek word homo logeo. You've heard me say this many times. Homo logeo is a Greek word that means to say the same thing. So now we, we have to zero it in. I will have whatsoever I say, but what am I to say? I am to say what he says. Is there any scriptures that tell you that there is even a possibility that God does not want you to increase financially this year? No. Is there, is there any scriptures that would ever, that you could quote to me, now you'd have to quote two to three, but I, I'd be good with just one, that, that says 
that it's ever God's will for you not to pay your bills on time and not to have enough money to do that. There's not one. Is there any scripture that, 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 God, that tell us that it's God's will that you be sick, diseased, weak, ever? There's not one. But in all of these things, there's a lot of scriptures that promise you that God's already provided healing for your body every time. Already provided all the finances for you already. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Everything that you will need to live Zoe life on this earth, God has gone before you and prepared it for you. It's all done. So God is saying, I want you to say about your situation what I say about it. Now your flesh will have trouble with this because your flesh will want to whine. But you can't, you can't whine if you obey this, hold fast to the profession of your faith. As a matter of fact, you can't say, like if you're in the middle of something, you can't say, well, I just can't do this. Really? So why are you out of the will of God? What, what, Pastor? What are you talking about, out of the will of God? Well, if you can't do it, then it must mean God hasn't called you to do it. Because if he's called you to do it, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So there's nothing in God's plan for your life that you can't do. Right? Here's where people get off. They're going down the highway of life, and they, they get their eyes off Jesus, and they get off this off-ramp. And there's all this on the inside of them, danger, danger, danger. But they get off there, and then they suffer some loss. And then they're like, well, why? wait a minute, why, why did God allow that in my life? Well, well, wait a minute, we need to find out were you in the will of God or not? And here's the thing, you could always answer that question. Have you ever been, oh, shoot, I'm just not in the will of God? I really thought I was. No. Because down here you're going, eh. I mess with people sometimes. Because when people will, you know, they're talking about, you know, I just, don't, I just don't understand why God's allowing this in my life. I'll sit there and go, well, maybe you missed it and, and you got off here. And people will go, no, no, I didn't miss it. No, I know. I were, we didn't miss it in this area. It's like, okay, cool. Then change what you're saying. Because you might not see, here's the thing. You might not see how it's God, but don't worry about that. Because see, in the natural, sometimes you might look like you're going backwards when you're really going forward. Sometimes you got to go through a fiery furnace to have a whole, to change a whole nation to serve your God. Sometimes you have to go into a lion's den to have all of your enemies wiped out instantly. Sometimes you have to go into captivity and even be thrown in jail to get to a place where you are now second in command in the most powerful nation on the earth and you're able to save a whole tribe of people or a whole people, the children of Israel. See, you don't know. So don't See, this is where, in Word of Faith people, we're so good at this. I just want to quote the Word and feel bliss all the time. 
You know, just like pastor, he gets up in the morning and he floats out of bed. <laughs> and he just, he just, because he's, he's a man of God, and he just never has to deal with anything because he's so strong in faith. See, that messes us up. God is not concerned with your comfort. Or I should say it correctly, he's not concerned with comforting your flesh. He wants you to overcome the world. And sometimes on the way to where your flesh is just going, I don't like this, I don't, I don't feel good, I don't like this, I don't like this, but you keep believing God's word in your heart and you keep speaking it out of your mouth and all of a sudden you have an aha moment and you come through and you're like, oh, so that's why. But because you spoke it and believed it, and didn't give in to the feelings and all this nonsense and the, the thoughts from the enemy, you see, you come to the other side. You know, it probably wasn't comfortable for the children of Israel. Okay, God's given us this land. Okay, all you guys, see all those guys on that mount with swords and spears and everything? There's more of them than, than there are us. And we're going to go go, and we're going to run at them, and they're going to run at us, and we're going to win this battle. Be like, well, time out, Josh. I thought you said God gave us this land. Yeah. The battle's his. Let's go. Well, well wait a minute. If the battle's his, why do we have to go? But faith without corresponding action is dead. This is why your tongue is your bridle. Your tongue is the rudder. And Satan can't stop you. He can't stop the word of God. So don't, see, this is what we do. We believe God and we speak. And then we look. Okay, is it working? Then we forget that. Just keep looking at the promise and hold fast to the profession. I'm going to say the same thing. I'm going to hold fast in the middle of anything because I know he is faithful, that promised. And if he said it, he's not a man that he would lie, right? According to Titus, he, he's the God who cannot lie and he's neither the son of man that he should change his mind. God will perform it. See, this is the basis. Boy, I didn't plan on getting into all this, but we, this is the faith walk. Part, I'm telling you, a big part of the fight of faith is to stay at rest, right? I'm not fighting the enemy. He's defeated. I got to fight my flesh, which is always the thoughts are trying to get my mind to, to side with my flesh. So I start worrying. I start caring I start, you know, looking at the natural and then I get on the internet and find, think I know 800 times more than a doctor. I'm sure every medical doctor loves the internet. Dr. Ruthrie, don't you love the internet? How many patients do you see that, that just know more than you do, right? You know, yeah. What's that? Yeah, Dr. Google, there we go, yeah. But I'm telling you, Dr. Google will produce fear, unbelief because in this world i'd love to tell you you're going to get you're never going to have to face something that could take you out or or face something that looks like there's no way out 
But you will. But you'll never face it alone. And in order for it to take you out, that thing that's coming against you would have to take God out, which that can't happen. So if you'll just hold fast to saying what God says in the midst of all of it, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He does make me the head and not the tail. I refuse to have a bad month. And you just keep standing. And what are you standing on? You're trusting him. This is what I'm talking about. The profession of your faith. I say what I am firmly persuaded. This is so very important. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Man, we're right here. Let's go to Hebrews 11, verse 6. Look at this. Why do we do that? Why do we hold fast? Because, guys, I was lost. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I was unable to break out of spiritual death and the God of heaven loved me so much, he sent Jesus that paid for every one of my sins. He bore every one of my sicknesses and diseases. He bore all the poverty and lack. He bore every emotional depression, anxiety, fear. He, he paid for it all just because he loved me. And so I live my life at the end of the day. I'm here for such a short period of time, but let it be on my gravestone. He pleased the Lord. Well, how do you please God? All you do is talk about faith. Where is, what else do you talk about? Because it says it right here, but without faith, it is probably not going to please him. No, it doesn't say that, does it? It says it's impossible to please him. You know why? Because it pleases God when he has an open door into your life to perform his word and so that you walk in the blessing that he's already provided for you. If he can't get it over to you, it, it, it doesn't please him. He's not happy seeing his children depressed, full of anxiety, full of fear, emotional issues, poverty and lack, sickness and disease it doesn't it doesn't please him because he's provided all of the opposite for you he's provided healing and provision soundness of mind joy and peace but if you don't believe it you can't ever walk in it right without faith it's impossible to please him look at this let me look at it for he that comes to god must believe that he is. That he is what? That he is who he says he is. Exodus, the first time God reveals himself to the children of Israel after they came out of Egypt, he said, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the God that heals you. And he never changes. So tonight, if you have sickness or disease in your body, if there is no hope, the God of heaven, he's standing right in your face going, I love you, and I am the God that has provided healing for you. 
If you're in poverty and lack tonight, he's saying, I am Jehovah Jireh. I have already gone into your future. I already have the provision. Just trust me. Believe that. Lay hold of these scriptures and keep it in your heart in abundance and keep it coming out of your mouth. Surround yourself with people of faith. I don't need a bunch of people asking me how I feel. Right? If I'm going through something physically. I don't need a bunch of people asking me about my financial situation if I'm in lack. I need a bunch of people telling me how blessed I am. How healed I am. How this is, this is nothing to God, right? I remember one lady, uh, she was facing some things, and we, we had her call down to Keith Moore's church, More Life Ministries in Branson. And, you know, they give away all their materials. And so she was facing a, a, a life or death thing and uh, a blood cancer. And they basically gave her no hope. And so she called down there, and the guy she talked to he said, okay, we'll, we'll send you these three CD series on healing and all this other stuff. And, and when he says, well, what, what, are you, what are you facing? And she told him. He goes, well, you know what God calls that? And she's like, what? He goes, God calls that no big deal. <laughs> see, I need people like that in my life so that I can see things as it really is, not as it seems. This is huge. Must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, I got to believe that not only is he my healer, but as I reach up, he's reaching down. As I'm drawing near to him, he's drawing near to me. Now you might say, well, why, why do I have to draw near before he draws near? Well, no, no, he already drew near. 2,000 years ago, he did it all. So now... In order not to violate your will, you have to believe it. So you believe it and you draw near. Man, when you're moving towards him, he's moving towards you. As a matter of fact, God is looking for ways. He's looking. See, you better watch your words and watch your mouth because Satan's watching them. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness, in high places, demons, they're watching our words. Because that, gain, that gives them access. Because they can't have access if we don't allow it. So that's why we hold fast. Because we want to live a life that's pleasing to God. Now we finished with this scripture last week. Now these other scriptures have been new. But this one we have to go to because it just came up in my heart again. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And let's look at verse 13 real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, talking about the spirit of faith. We talked about that this Tuesday morning with the men. Monday night, the Lord was talking to me all Monday night about this scripture. Whew. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Do you notice in Mark eleven twenty three? The word of God has to be in your heart and coming out of your mouth. Now, in 2 Corinthians 4.13, it says this, we having the same spirit of faith. The same as who? The same spirit of faith that brought Daniel out of the lion's den. 
I mean, think about, think about this in Hebrews. Enoch. Enoch lived, if you do the genealogies, you know Enoch was alive when Adam was still alive. I could just, knowing the testimony of Enoch was he walked with God. So I could just see Enoch going up to Adam. Hey, Adam, I got to talk to you. What was it like to walk with God face to face? Tell me about it. Come on, Enoch. I've been telling you about this every day forever. You keep coming back. No, no, I want to know more. How was it? What did you guys talk about? And then you could just see Enoch. Just, just walking, going, okay. God, I know you're there. And man, I just, want, I just want to talk to you. I just want to fellowship with you. You know, I've been living on this earth, and it just every day, I just I want to be with you. I want to know you. It says, through faith, he was translated. Which means that God had to speak a word to him. All right, Enoch. You know what he probably said to him? I bet it's the same thing that Jesus said to Peter because he's what Jesus is just like the Father. Hey, Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come to you on the water. Come. God, I just, Enoch, God, I just want, I just want to be with you. Come. It says in Hebrews that through faith he was translated. That's pretty good. But here's the good part. We having the same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith that when Jesus was on the cross and he looked up and he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he, it says he gave up his spirit. What was on the line? Eternal, being lost for eternity. But he believed God. He had faith. He was firmly persuaded that his father would bring him back. And that same spirit of faith lives in you. Wow. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I mean, you know, I think I said this to the men. Here's Joshua, right? When God shows up, hey, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, Josh, I want you to go do what he never did. But, but don't worry. I'll be with you the way I was with him, and no man will ever be able to block you from doing what I've called you to do. Joshua 1.5. Here we fast forward. Joshua's in a battle. Sun's going down. They're winning the battle. He knows it's God's will that they win the battle because the, the battle's, you know, right? The land's already theirs. But the sun's going down, and he doesn't want to wait. Because when the sun goes down, back then they didn't have night goggles, so they just all broke, went back to their camp next morning, got a good night's sleep, ate some breakfast, got up and started fighting again. But Joshua looked up at the sun and, and said, Stand still. He had enough faith, he was fully persuaded. 
And it says that was the first day that God hearkened to a man. God had to stop the whole universe. And Joshua was not born again. He didn't have the Spirit of God living in him. Man, I'm telling you, I am looking at a bunch of just world-dominating overcomers. Because we have the Spirit of God in us. Oh, man, I'm telling you, if you'll get your heart full of the Word and change what you say and hang on to it, forget how you feel, because I'm telling you, you tell yourself how, how you feel. And I'm telling you, eventually, oh, you'll feel. Right? Because all of a sudden, in the midst of a storm, you're going to be at rest. Because you'll be like, hey, the same God that came through here and came through here and came through here, he's going to come through again. Always. That's what God wants to do for you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, now look at the spirit of faith. I believed, and therefore... I have spoken. So the spirit of faith believes in the heart and speaks out of what he believes in the heart. That's all it is. Just the same way Jesus did, the same way Joshua did, the same way Moses did, the same Abraham, all this stuff, that spirit of faith, we have it. Isn't that amazing? We also believe and therefore speak. There's one truth you got to know. If you believe, you will speak. So meditate in the word day and night. Get those scriptures. The Holy Spirit will give you two or three perfect scriptures for your situation and start speaking them and meditate on them. Carry them with you in your pocket. Write them down. Put them on your phone. Speak them over your life all day. And because when you peer into the Word, you'll start seeing it. And what happens if you have the spirit of faith, this is what's going to happen to you. Just go to verse 18. This is what will happen. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. See, when you have the spirit of faith, you will now only look at things which are not seen. And it says here, for the things which are seen are temporal. Now this is a cool Greek word because it literally means subject to change. If you can see it, it is subject to change. Go have a CT scan. Go have an MRI. And if they can show you that, just rejoice. Now, it might freak them out. And you don't have to tell them what you're a believer or whatever. Praise God. Thank you. Man, look at that tumor. That's awesome. I can actually see it. And you walk away going, subject to change. Right? But look, it got to keep going. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's define that. They are not subject to change. All the promises of God are in Christ, yes, and in Christ, amen. Boy, Satan hates this message. 